Hey guys, welcome to The Market is Open. Elon Musk just concluded the third quarter earnings results for 2020. I'm going to go over what I think are some of the highlights and we'll talk about the shareholder letter and the conference call questions and discuss what new things Tesla announced and brought to our attention. So let's begin. But first, please hit the bell button to subscribe and be notified of upcoming Tesla videos and smash the like button at any time to help support this video. We'd super appreciate that. You can also support the channel at patreon.com slash the market is open and we give a shout out to our Patreons at the end of each video. Also, stop using Yahoo Finance, stop using Google Finance, have a look at our website, themarketisopen.com, where we have instant stock quotes and financial data for every single company going back nine years and it's all freely available. So during the quarter, Tesla reported $331 million of GAAP earnings, and that's $874 million of non-GAAP earnings. And of course, the analysts are always looking at non-GAAP earnings, and that translates into $0.76 per share for non-GAAP. The analysts were expecting $0.56 cents per share, so that's a $0.20 cent earnings beat, and 36% better than expected. They also reported $8.7 billion in revenue when analysts were only looking for $8.26 billion. So that's a record quarter for the company. Cash went up by $5.9 billion. They did do a share offering where they offered $5 billion, but cash increased even in advance of that, even more than that, by $900 million. And that's after they spent a billion dollars on CapEx. So basically, cash keeps going up. Now, financial highlights don't really matter too much, to be honest, in this quarter. I'm interested in what products are doing and what the roadmap looks like for the company. So Tesla says that China capacity expansion is stabilizing with Model 3 reaching design production rate, which is about 250,000 vehicles according to this latest report. Model Y is 90,000 vehicles, that's the capacity which will be reached soon. And as I mentioned before, they can hit 500,000 vehicles for the year, that's their target. And we'll soon see Tesla increase their capacity quite massively this quarter, so that target might still be in range. Elon Musk is also calling for more ambitious architectural changes, and if it wasn't ambitious enough so far. Uh, this means that there could be delays though because there's always new technology, and everything they discussed at Battery Day is probably going to be implemented in their new changes. Tesla also said that they're going to be bringing more things in-house and doing more things themselves. And the advantage of that vertical integration is that they can get things to market quicker, they can get the parts uh, faster if they need them and build them, them themselves and customize them the way they like. Uh, also, this is a photo of the Megapack project at Moss Eisley, I mean Moss Landing. So some notes about the financials. Margins for autos increased despite Tesla continuing to cut their prices. Also, even though they spent $1 billion on CapEx investing in new things like factories, machinery, buildings, their cash still went up, and that's because they generated $2.4 billion in cash from operations. So this is an extremely well-managed company, despite what you may have heard a long time ago, a couple years ago when all the short sellers were bashing it. Uh, they are spending a lot, but still that's far less than the amount of money that's coming in. And there was no point really of raising uh, additional cash. The cash keeps going up, that's in my opinion. Uh, Tesla also says that they have growing vehicle demand and they continue to cut costs. Actually, they have growing demand for all of their business segments like energy and solar, etc. So we already knew Tesla's delivery numbers approximately. They did go up slightly in this report to 139,593 cars uh, from what they told us uh, previously in the Q3 letter, up by a couple hundred. Uh, that's still a huge delivery number and even better is their production of 145,000 vehicles. They need approximately 180, 181,000 vehicles next quarter to reach 500k for the entire year. 
Last quarter, I didn't think that they'd actually be able to get there given their capacity, uh, but they could be close given that they increased their capacity, which we'll go over in a second. There's also two things to note here. Solar installations saw their highest level in over a year, 57 megawatts. Hopefully that continues to gain some momentum, even though we're entering the colder months. A battery storage deployment is also at its highest level ever. It looks like 59% growth uh, over last year. So they're freeing up some battery capacity, it seems, and putting it towards storage, which hopefully unleashes this battery division, which is still very small relative to cars. But Elon Musk thinks that this could eventually be as large as autos. So it's still going to take a lot to get there, however. Now, this is one of my favorite charts that Tesla shows us each quarter, citing the capacity at each location and for each vehicle type. Model 3 and Y production capacity at Fremont increased by 100,000 vehicles over last quarter. Uh, this is something that they did tell us last quarter with an asterisk. Uh, what you may not have noticed was, however, was that the Shanghai production capacity magically increased by 50,000 cars. Uh, they didn't really tell us that. It could be due to the third shift at Giga Shanghai that was added. So adding up all the numbers and dividing by four to get the next quarter's capacity, uh, you get 210,000 vehicles. So now they do have capacity to hit 180,000 vehicles. It wasn't so clear last quarter. And they say they're going to hit this capacity by the end of this year or early next year. And they're keeping their 500,000 delivery goal for this year. And that looks pretty doable now. Now, by the way, that would be insane if they can hit that a target. Think about this quarter, plus another 40,000 vehicles sold on top of that. It would definitely knock it out of the ballpark compared to what the analysts think that Tesla will be at. Now, Texas Model Y flipped from being in development to being in construction. That's the only new change, uh, the only other new change as well. It's amazing how much changes each quarter at Tesla, but they're aiming to have four different locations around the world working on Model Y. So this vehicle will be very big for the company, and I think it's going to have lower costs, uh, lower than the Fremont Model 3, everywhere in the world, and it'll be sold for more money since it's a bigger car. So I think that's partially helping to drive Tesla's margins higher. Tesla also started releasing its beta FSD full self-driving capability software yesterday, which they say will allow for the remaining FSD features to be released. So that's going to be feature complete. That doesn't mean it works perfectly. There's still going to be a lot of edge cases and learning to go, but that's the base framework. So I'm hoping we'll start seeing fewer and fewer interventions as the software becomes more robust. I guess one question I have is in the future, if everyone is driving with full self-driving, uh, the system no longer learns from human interventions in that case. Uh, but I guess there will always be some humans driving, and the hope is that at some point it becomes so much better than a human that humans are needed uh, to teach the vehicle more stuff, of course. Now, in terms of additional vehicle software that Tesla talks about, they updated their Powerwall to vehicle charging coordination. This is something that only Tesla can do as part of their ecosystem. At the same time, they also added glove box pin access and automatic window close functions. So just think about all these small details that Tesla is refining constantly as part of their software because they have a network of people telling them what they want. Any other EV maker with no cars on the road today is going to be starting from square one. And because the expectations have gotten so high thanks to Tesla's community, this is just another thing that doesn't bode well for competitors. So here's a picture of Giga Shanghai. That's the Model Y factory in the foreground and the Model 3 factory in the background. Now, what I like about this picture so much is that it includes a Model Y factory in the picture. If we look back at the production capacity slide I went over about five seconds ago, Model Y for Shanghai capacity was at zero. So it was just under construction. So there's a Model Y factory about to come online in China. 
They might in fact have a 1 million vehicle capacity because of that by the end of this year. Okay, so now let's talk about some of the parts from the conference call and some of the questions from retail investors and institutional investors. So let's start with what Elon had to say. He says this is the best quarter in the history of the company, and in fact is. Uh, he also talks about Giga Berlin, which will be the first of Tesla's locations to scale battery production of the new 4680 cell. Uh, it's a little bit weird actually how Tesla keeps cutting prices on the Model 3, for example, and they haven't even started making their insane batteries yet. So, I mean, those will probably go into the Model Y first in Berlin, but just think about how much they can cut prices in the future once those batteries are implemented. Now, in terms of a full self-driving update, there's a wide release, hopefully by the end of this year. Uh, currently, they have a, a sort of a narrow release. They emphasize weird corner cases. Only reality can give you that. Now, this is very important and differentiates Tesla from the Waymos of the world. There's no need for a cell phone connection and HD maps in Tesla's version of self-driving. Of course, you need those two things for Waymo's version and some other competitors as well. If you're in a, a new place that you've never been in before, or if there's no connectivity, or if a Tesla has never been there, uh, Teslas should still be able to drive in that area. So these are two things that competitors normally can't really do. They rely on every car having this perfect HD map that's always updated in real time of the area that it's in. So we also talked a bit about Shanghai continuing to expand significantly. Uh, Berlin and Austin, they're going to be delivering uh, cars next year, but new tech will start off slow and then ramp up. So it'll take an estimated 12 to 24 months to reach capacity. You can also think of this as 10,000 S-curves is what Elon Musk says, one for each part or component of the vehicle all combined. So that gives a good sense of where these new factories stand in terms of the roadmap. But because of this S-curve, we're not exactly sure when things will pan out. Elon was also so excited to get to the questions he almost skipped over Zachary Korn's opening remarks. So Zachary Korn talks about there's a very large backlog of Powerwall orders. Uh, now they're super excited about Megapack and Solar. Megapack volumes doubled in the quarter. Uh, they reduced installation times for Solar Roof down to one day. It still takes uh, about two days to remove the old roof, however. Uh, so I think they mentioned that a few weeks ago, that it was four days in total. So it's getting to be on par with a regular roof. Uh, maybe it can be even better at some point. It might already be better in some cases. Uh, energy, the energy division is poised for strong growth. They continue to increase and in scale and reduce costs. And that's very exciting for investors who've been waiting for this energy division to start picking up, though it still has a long way to go to catch up to autos. Okay, let's move on to questions from retail investors. So there's a question about the 4680 cell at the Fremont pilot plant that they built. Uh, where will these batteries go? So they say they're going to be going to many different products and vehicles. They're a little bit vague about this. Either they don't know or they don't want to say. They're probably going to go into Model S and X, I assume. Maybe the Plaid versions because since it's low volume. But maybe into Model Y. Who knows? Now, in terms of fast charging, something we talked about in yesterday's video, uh, they say that lithium plating on the anode is the limiting factor for charge rates. The heat doesn't seem to be an issue at this time. So there's still challenges with this, though they do say later on that they're working on a standard for the mega charger in order to increase the rate of charging. Now, there's also a question about can we transfer full self-driving from one vehicle to, to our newer vehicle? So Elon says he's going to give it some thought. It's not a bad idea, in my opinion, uh, to keep people using Teslas, keep them on the ecosystem that is mentioned in the question. Uh, it's a pretty brilliant idea, actually, though it could come at a cost to Tesla, so they do need to figure that one out. Now, in terms of solar, what are the constraints still for solar? So they say that installers, training all these people, having experienced people, uh, that's definitely a constraint. 
uh, improving the materials for on-the-job sites, making sure all the installers have the parts that they need. Uh, however, they are uh, partnering with third-party roofing companies, and that seems to be ramping up, which is going to be a huge growth driver. Elon says that the solar roof is a killer product, and this will become obvious next year. Now, Elon also talks about the Tesla OS as the sort of central nervous system for the company. They don't use enterprise software, like one-size-fits-all software. They build everything themselves, and that helps them innovate. They're not stuck using what everyone else is using. Uh, in terms of insurance, uh, Elon says that it could be 30 to 40% of the value of the car business. Uh, they're going to be using specific data instead of statistical data, and it's going to co cost less and be better. So why wouldn't you switch over if that was the case? Uh, he also views Tesla as a whole chain of, of startups, multiple startups. And, you know, he's, he gets questions like, you didn't do that before. And he's like, well, yeah, we do now. Uh, and there's no plans for him to spin anything out of the company. It's all going to stay within Tesla. Okay, so let's move on to institutional investor questions. There's a question about a human ride hailing network like Uber. I know ARK Invest has been pushing for this. Uh, Tesla says they will focus on the robo-taxi system. You can, you'll be able to share it with just friends or just family. You'll be able to manage a fleet of 10 cars, for example. Uh, so they sound like they're pretty confident about FSD. They're planning to add all these uh, new, new great features. And if that's the case, then I do think it is better to focus on that and say no to the ride-hailing Uber-like service. They only have finite resources at Tesla, and it's better to focus on one thing. Now, there's a question about auto margins. Elon says margins will look small when you factor in autonomy. So he's, he thinks autonomy will be a large part of the business. Now, in terms of stationary storage, they believe it's going to approximately double next year and this year it's doubling as well and following that tesla says that they're not dependent on internal cell production that's the 4680 battery cell in in 2021 that they're going to be making themselves they're only going to be dependent on their own cell production for 2022 so anything they can produce themselves next year in 2021 will just be bonus for the company and i think that'll be a huge kicker uh for the battery storage business actually a good question to confirm would be if giga berlin will be making uh, its own mega packs and such because that's where the 4680 is going to start being developed. Uh, so let me know in the comments if I missed that somewhere. All right, let's move on to the analyst questions now. So there's a question about solid state and the cell production system. So they say that the cell production system doesn't care about the anode and the cathode, etc. All aspects of the cells could change and their production system would still work, uh, which is great for all of their different types of cell cathodes that they outlined at Battery Day. Also a solid state battery containing a lithium anode uh, is less volumetrically dense, they say, so you're not gaining too much by switching to solid state. But anyways, if it was the next technology that Tesla needed to move to, it wouldn't be a problem for them to switch. So I guess Tesla has structured themselves to be sort of solid state proof, and that's a great question. In terms of vertical integration, Tesla says they're about 10 times more vertically integrated than other OEMs, and they ask themselves, like basically, what do we want to make? And then they design it, and then they make it. They don't need to ask other people uh, what to do. Other OEMs usually have to buy off-the-shelf parts and such. That's not optimal, and it limits innovation. Elon Musk calls it catalog engineering, uh, and he, he says it's not very adventurous. You end up getting the same legacy parts between other cars, so it's not really unique. Now, insurance, I think I mentioned earlier, can be 30 to 40% of the value of the car business. Elon was saying 
Uh, so that's going to be made by the internal applications team at Tesla. It's a low capital project, but it's going to have a high return. So it's a great business decision and great business for them to get into. And it's fairly simple, relatively speaking. Now, here's a great question that we're, we were all thinking about. If LiDAR was free, would you use it in your car? So Adam Jonas asked that to Elon Musk. And Elon says, probably not. Even if it was free, they still wouldn't use it. He mentions later that once you've solved uh, for cameras, the optical part of driving, then why? what's the purpose of LiDAR? Now, Pierre Ferrigu, an analyst uh, who covers Tesla, asks about the Cybertruck ramp. The Cybertruck will be better, is what they say, than they showed during the unveiling. Uh, it's going to be made in Austin. It's going to include new technologies that have never been done before. So there's going to be a lot of challenges along the way. And they're expecting end of next year, hopefully, to, if things go well, to start producing this vehicle. Now, Pierre also asks about the number of deliveries for next year, he estimates between 840,000 and 1 million vehicles. Uh, the CFO quickly jumps in and says, we'll tell you next quarter, but Elon says, you're not far off. So I think Pierre is right. It might actually be higher than that. It depends what they announce at the end of this year, what their capacity at the end of the year will be. Now, Gene Munster gets on the call. He asks about the semi-mega chargers, platooning, and autonomy for, for semi-trucks. So they say 350 kilowatts is not enough for the semi. They need something much more powerful than that to be able to charge the semi uh, during truck breaks, when, when the, the truck drivers take breaks. So they're going to be working with other parties to get the infrastructure in, in place. They have to invent a standard because it doesn't exist currently. And the semi has five times more cells than passenger vehicles, which is kind of weird because I thought it would be closer to 10 times. So cell, I mean, that, that would be great for the semi's efficiency. So cell production constraints are the only real constraint. So in two years from now, I'm pretty excited. I think Tesla can accelerate its manufacturing. Uh, can the semi be used for freight? That's one of the questions. Of course, Elon says that this will be a very material business for the company. And the semi tech is the same, is identical to other vehicles for autonomy. They, you know, they put cameras around the semi. It's the same software, just on a bigger truck. And so another question from the analyst, did Tesla undercharge for its batteries, like the plant that they put up in Australia? Elon actually says maybe yes, maybe they did undercharge. Uh, Tesla, however, still operates that plant in Australia and they're still making money from it. So uh, that might be important if Tesla plans to, uh, you know, ramp up that business and have many different plants around the world that money will keep coming into the company. Now, lastly, will the skateboard design uh, be obsolete in the long term? And Elon compares it to building a toy car would you want small little pieces to build a toy car versus casting it in, in one shot? So obviously the latter, but basically everyone in the industry is copying Tesla's old skateboard design, like sort of carrying the batteries around, and Tesla has moved on. So that's the problem when you're copying and not innovating. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this video. Let me know what you thought were the most important things revealed or announced during this earnings season in the comments section below. Also, please hit the like button on this video. We super appreciate that. Don't forget to subscribe and hit the bell button to be notified of upcoming Tesla content. And you can support us further on Patreon at patreon.com slash the market is open. A very special thanks to Bradford Ferguson of Halter Ferguson Financial and all of our patrons that help to support our channel. Your support helps us to continue to make great content. Thank you guys so much for watching.